Welcome to Bathing with God, the free audiobook podcast from my imagination to yours. I'm Glenn Ostland, and if you like what you hear and would like to purchase a print or Kindle version of the complete book, search for it on Amazon.com or go to the website bathingwithgod.com. And now I give you Bathing with God. Chapter 9 All About Souls My soul is from elsewhere, I'm sure of that, and I intend to end up there. Rumi I'm back. I never left. You just stopped listening. I didn't stop listening per se, I just stopped asking for a while, because your answers were getting sort of lame. Yes, I remember. So, you're back. What do you want? I want to know what a soul is. Why? I don't know. I just do. I hear people talk about souls all the time, but it doesn't totally make sense to me. How could it? Wait, you're turning this around on me already? You're turning it around on yourself. You already know that there are severe limits to what you can know, and yet you keep wanting to know more, to understand better. It's true. I want to know more. I want to understand better. We know. It's cute. We really do love it. We? Yes, we. This is why you want to know what a soul is, right? You want to know the rest of you, of us, what we all are together. Yeah, I guess. Which is everything. Everything? And that includes us. Well, I'm making up this conversation with you in my head. So that makes sense that you would be at least part of me. Which sense? What? Which sense? You said it makes sense that we would be a part of you. Which sense is it? Do you hear us? See us? Feel or taste or smell us? No, I just think you. You are my imagination. And which of those five senses is that? I don't know. Touch, maybe? Why do you say that? Because my thoughts are electrical currents, or synapses, or something like that, in my brain. And how is that touch? Can you feel it happening? Do you physically sense these electrical currents that you speak of? Well, they're impacting and interacting with something in my brain, like a lightning storm, right? Lightning hits things. Sure, but light photons impact and interact with your optic nerves, and you call that sight instead of touch. Sound waves impact and interact with your eardrum, and you call that sound instead of touch. Smells and tastes impact and interact with physical receptors on your nose and tongue, but you don't consider those as a sense of touch either. Why are you derailing me? I want to know about souls. I'm derailing you to show you that your primary way of creating meaning in this world, your inner thoughts, those many, many silent stories you tell yourself, the way that you perceive reality, that part of you where you spend most of your time and energy and focus, cannot be explained by any of the five senses. People use the idea of a sixth sense as a joke, as some kind of woo-woo metaphysical ESP, when really your imagination is your first sense. Imagination is more crucial to your perceived life experience than any of the five physical senses. And this has to do with souls how? 
Because unless I describe something to you that you can see, hear, taste, smell, or touch, or even imagine that you can, these words I use will be incomprehensible to you. I hate it when you go there. It's such a cop-out. Yes, I get it. There are severe limitations on what I can comprehend. So, use your eternal infinite wisdom and brilliance to give me a metaphor then, and just answer this question the best that you can. Fine. Tell us where you are confused. Well, I can accept that we're all made of pure positive energy. Atoms and electrons and quantum energy and all that. I understand that this energy that makes up who I am right now is indestructible, eternal energy that is only on loan to me. This energy was something else before it was me. We were many something else's before we were you. And even during, if you really want to go there. And the energy will be something else after me. We will be many something else's. Go on. So, I get that. This energy that is me is also the air that I breathe and the ground that I stand on and everything in this world, living or otherwise. It's all this eternal cosmic energy. You are preaching to the choir. We are that energy. All of us. Right, sure. I mean, even if you're just synaptic, electric, lightning storm thought forms that I am manufacturing in my imagination, you are that same energy. And so your confusion? So what is a soul then? If, when we die, I turn back into the pure positive energy that was part of the flowing fabric of everything that I was before I ever was, I don't see how each unique individual person could have unique individual souls. So you're asking if you have a soul that is distinct from someone else's soul? Yes, like the way that people talk about living past lives, or their soul coming into this lifetime with some kind of karmic debt to pay, or a soul contract that they have with another person. I, I don't know how that fits with the we are all pure positive energy thing. And you want to know, even though you know that you can't know. But you want some kind of metaphor to make you feel like you actually know what you know you totally can't know? Exactly. Okay, but keep in mind, this metaphor is for you. Because you asked, because of how you asked, and because of where you are in your ability and desire to comprehend beyond the limits of your personal comprehension, which is an ever-evolving compilation of every distinct experience you have experienced within your lifetime. This metaphor will make more sense to you than to anyone else, so don't think you're getting an answer for everyone. This is being delivered especially to you. Okay, that seemed a bit long and unnecessary. Picture a wet floor in a locker room, or maybe water spots on a window, or drops of mercury on a cold metal plate. Whatever it is, imagine hundreds, thousands, or even billions of little droplets all coming into contact with each other, merging together as they touch, forming larger droplets, fewer of them, but bigger, merging together, merging together, coming together based on their location and vibration and mood and so many other unifying or repelling factors until the last biggest droplets overcome their resistance and merge with each other until there is just one. And then it shatters into hundreds of thousands of billions of droplets and goes through that entire process again. Can you picture that? 
Yes, is that a soul? Yes and no. It's a process. It's a way for you to step outside of your human-formed conception of life and attempt to grasp what has been happening on this planet. You call her Mother Earth. She is your mother. This pure positive energy that you're made from is the energy from this Earth. The same energy that is a rock and tree and bird and fish and insect and mushroom and plastic and glass and everything. Everything on this planet. And the process of shattering into millions of pieces and coming back together happens many, many times at many, many levels of existence. It happens outside of and independent from your linear sense of space and time. Are you saying that the Earth is a soul and we are all pieces of that Earth soul that are merging back into each other? Yes and no. I am painting a metaphorical picture to illustrate something that is far beyond the realm of your understanding. So don't get too attached to the water droplets or the earth metaphor. Okay, but how does this help me with soulmates and soul contracts and past lives and karma and all that stuff? Well, don't get attached to any of those metaphors either. They each do a fine job of illustrating many people's perception of the process as they understand and experience it. But remember, these are all stories and symbols. None of them are anywhere near complete, and yet each one is a valid and important piece of the grand eternal whole. I, I like that. So I don't have to judge any of them as right or wrong. Exactly. Of course, it's difficult to avoid judgment when you've been conditioned to judge things your entire life. But even those judgments are valid and important pieces of the grand eternal whole. Nothing that you create is anything less. Everything that is, is, by very definition, a part of everything that is. And the part of everything that are souls? Souls are stories, mainly. Stories that generally reflect people's collective understanding over time. Stories that both influence that understanding and are influenced by that understanding. The best way I can describe the reality behind these stories is to say that souls are like neighborhoods, or towns, or cities. They are clusters of pure positive energy that tend to stick together through all the scattering and gathering processes. Some people call them pods. Others perceive them as angels or spirit guides. Some think of them as their inner being. Others call them souls. They are clusters of pure positive energy that, like our droplets, merge together based on their similarities and compatibility with other droplets, as it were, to grow and create and experience different scenarios in the physical world. It's like playing a virtual reality choose-your-own-adventure video game, where we combine ever-expanding, infinite combinations of experience to create living, breathing puppets out of ourselves and experience what they experience animals plants rocks people you are the specific and unique piece of that existence in this place and time in this dimension but the soul that creates you is essentially the concentrated focus of a friendly neighborhood clump of pure positive energy and if you really want to start losing your mind I can tell you 
that that soul is also the result of the concentrated focus of a friendly neighborhood clump of pure positive energy, and that soul is, and so forth, and onward, turtles all the way down. And the entirety of all of it is happening everywhere in all of its possible iterations simultaneously, which are constantly changing and evolving as a result of choices being made at multiple levels, adding to the infinitely expanding toolbox of possibility. All of everything we just described there is what many call God. So the idea of karma or soulmates or soul contracts? When in the physical world you interact with others who are connected to your friendly neighborhood clump of pure positive energy, you feel the connection. You feel like a soulmate. You feel like you complete each other, balance each other out, fit together perfectly, because you do, because that is what you are. And your friendly neighborhood clump of pure positive energy, aka soul, has done this for a very long time, has experienced all kinds of success and failure and abundance and poverty, and you are made of the pure positive energy that experienced what it experienced in those lifetimes. And you carry the vibrational resonance from all those experiences at an energetic level. If your pod developed habits of choosing love over fear, for example, you will instinctively be better armed to choose love over fear next time you encounter it. They express themselves in different ways among different members of your eternal soul clump pod thingy, but that is why people feel like there are soul contracts or soul karma. So there wasn't an agreement made between souls before being born again into this world? Yes and no. These are all stories and metaphors. Don't take any of them literally. Just rest assured in the knowledge that you are a creation of the universe. You are a piece of it. And the universe has a long memory. It experiences every single perceived experience from every perceivable perspective point. It records it all. The experience of a cell, a bacteria, a neutron, a neuron, that way, consciousness is experienced at every level. There always has been and will be the unique set of experiences and thoughts and feelings that is you. Death is nothing to fear. You are unerasable data forever imprinted on the universe's living hard drive. But that's just another metaphor. A story, a fiction, hinting at a truth that you can feel but cannot describe. Well, that felt a little less lame this time. It was helpful? Yeah, I think so. In what way? In the way that I can let go a little. That I can just trust what I can't understand a little more. That is good. We want you to trust that you are a magnificent work of art. Trust that everything you do adds to and contributes to the rich variety of experience of everything that is, was, or will be. Trust that you can never take away from that at all. You can only add, and every addition is welcome. Happiness, sadness, misery, elation, it is all valid human experience. Trust that you can't get it wrong. Trust that you have control of how you experience every moment you inhabit. Exercise that control to find gratitude and love 
and align yourself to your friendly neighborhood clump of pure positive energy inner self. Create what you are inspired to create and love everyone, but mostly love yourself because all of them are you in one form or another and surround yourself with people who you respect and admire and who respect and admire you back. I'm getting sleepy. We know. Go, sleep. We'll keep this conversation going all night. Come on, we'll take good care of you. Thank you for listening to Bathing with God. If you like what you just heard and would like to purchase a print or Kindle version of the complete book, search for it on Amazon.com or go to the website bathingwithgod.com. And if you really, really like what you just heard, share it with someone you love and give me a five-star rating on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you use. You can also like our Facebook page and subscribe to the Bathing with God YouTube channel. And if you'd like to reach out to me personally, you can email me, Glenn Osland, at bathingwithgod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And probably so would Quad. Oh yeah, bring it. Thanks again for listening to Bathing Bathing with God. God.